0: walk into a stadium 8,000 people they all want you to lose but as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass or kick butt you're gonna be all right sorry I swear what is going on everyone welcome back to yet another episode of the shock factor where I Steven shock am joined by the beautiful and handsome Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman fellas how are we doing today I'm feeling good, nice and
1: toasty, wearing a full parka for the uh, Big Ten
2: preview, because it's cold there. It is cold there, uh, is Jake, cold. and I'm I'm excited to talk about the, the Big Ten baseball conference uh, for a lot of reasons. I think that of the Power Five conferences, this is often the one considered the fifth, but no, we are doing it third out of love and respect and appreciation for these 13 baseball teams in this big 10 conference, Steve, we talked about this on the big 12. It seems like you have a little bit more appreciation for the, uh, m- you know, the uh, misleading number in this conference's name.
0: Yeah. Cause it, it's in our favor, you know, it's the under promise over deliver aspect of it where you went to McDonald's, you said, Hey, let me get the 10 piece nuggets. And they gave you 13 and you are the happiest a drunk person has ever been at 3 a.m. And that's just all part of it. And then they said to you, hey, come back
1: next year or the year after and we'll give you 15 nuggets.
0: Yeah, you think that's a good deal. Wait t- wait till Jimmy comes into work. Wait till Jimmy you- is even worse at counting than me. He's going to give you 15. those. He's going to give you those West Coast nuggets. Yeah, the in and out, <laughs> the-, the in and out, the in and out nuggets who's bad at counting. That's. That's who they're bringing to the table.
2: I was gonna say, um, does In-N-Out have nuggets? They don't <laughs> no, have nuggets. What secret menu? That's that's a next level of secret menu that you need to Dude,
1: get to. I, I've
0: never been. <laughs> yeah, that's never even been. That was made clear. that's a West Coast thing.
1: The fact that you've never been to In-N-Out was made clear by the inference that they had nuggets. Now, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, we are talking about. The fact that
2: USC and UCLA will be joining this conference,
1: yeah, in Not, I think it, two years. Yeah, it's it's but next
2: it's, next summer, so twenty twenty five season will be the first season with it,
1: which will be hilarious. And we, I guess, we could talk about all that next year. And I actually do have some thoughts about that that we'll get to in a second. But yes, there are thirteen teams in this conference. Mm-hmm. There are eleven in the big. Sorry, there are nine in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are thirteen in the big tent mm-hmm. normal, okay. normal stuff that normal got it <laughs> steve what's the vibe of this conference when you think
0: about it the the vibe is hey we're we're here too you know they, they kind of i feel like they get treated like the ugly duckling like i get it it's cold up there so not many people want to go to the game sometimes but they're still good at baseball like it i i feel like they don't really get the respect they kind of deserve just because they don't get a ton of attention, I would say. I would say that combined with that, or a
2: big result of that, as people pointed out, is that they have also had the slowest assimilation back into the relatively post-COVID college baseball landscape right because they were so isolated in 2021 and then we're still kind of, you know, reacclimating to, you know, going down and playing baseball without masks on and stuff like that in 2022 and that has clearly cost them the the attention and respect uh, as we saw certainly with them only getting two teams in the regionals last year and we'll get to that but that's the other thing it feels like they were they were up there they were clearly a power 5 team you know of course Michigan and all, all that stuff and the last few years, it's been like, where have you guys been? We've been hanging out and partying and playing baseball nonstop. COVID be damned. <laughs> so right. we're trying because to re These programs have structural disadvantages compared
1: to the other conferences. And it is a structural disadvantage that is obvious if you've followed baseball at any level. And it is very simple. The colder it is outside, the less baseball you can play outside. And the worse you will be at baseball, generally. This is why so many more big leaguers are from warm places. The South, right? mm -hmm. And so that has two effects when it comes to the Big Ten Conference. One is that the teams that are practicing are either practicing, usually practicing inside in the enormous cavernous football turf complex that a lot of these schools have because a lot of these schools are very good at football, Mm -hmm. right? I was going through Twitter accounts Iowa, Penn State, Michigan State, all these teams are having, like, actual scrimmages inside, like, in the football complex. That's the first thing. But the second thing is that the places that these teams are recruiting from are places where the player pool is worse. So, like, if I'm the University of Georgia and I have kids coming to my school in-state from Georgia, that group is going to be light years better, no disrespect,
2: than that same group in Iowa or Minnesota or Michigan. Mm -hmm.
1: That's just stats.
2: Yeah. That said, um, as we look at the names of these schools, like these sh- should still be programs that with the resources and with the coaches and with the play- player development that they should be able to have. All that said, Jake, yes, they're obviously just not playing as much baseball outside. There should still be a lot of potential for this conference to kind of get back up to being a, a very legitimate power five. Steve, did you ever consider uh, the Big Ten as a potential home
1: for your uh, beautiful uh, Husky pitching? <laughs>
0: Um, no, it was never really on my radar, and that was mainly just because the main school that I felt didn't like me was Maryland, so I was like, okay, well, probably probably don't want to go there, and then every other school was north of that, and I was like, that seems probably pretty cold. <laughs> okay. um, I could go down one state. Mm-hmm. Didn't Didn't go too far down. I didn't really dodge the cold necessarily, but... I, I had kind of already known in my brain where I wanted to go anyway, so it it was a simple process for me. but uh to your point though, Steve, you know that
2: that is obviously part of the the discussion and also I'm sure in the tra- in the age of the transfer part of the way that players are, are thinking about it, of course, if they have an opportunity to go play in the SEC or or the Big 12 or the Pac-12, whatever, that might be a little bit more appealing uh, if you would like to not be wearing multiple layers while you play baseball. <laughs> all yeah, that said, and- there's still lots alike uh, in the Big 10 slash Big 13. Uh, Steven, any final thoughts on, the, on the, the broad picture before we talk about the teams?
0: I, I think just the disadvantages of practicing in those indoor turf facilities like, it, it's great to have, it's great to have a place where you can go and get get your work in while there's snow on the ground. But, you just think about it, you're in there just sitting there breathing those turf fumes for hours on end. And God forbid this practice is at night. I remember having indoor turf practices at night, and you walk out of that building, you are blind for the first 35 seconds. But... You're around your friends, so no one wants to admit they're blind. So you got entire athletic teams just stumbling out there, way too proud to admit that no one can see. And you're, you're just trying your best. But I I hate the indoor facility practice. Steve,
2: can you explain? They're,
0: they're my least favorite. Steve,
2: can you explain what you're talking about? <laughs> I did not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Time out. I, I'm going to down translate.
0: Yes. I speak yeah. Jordan
1: and Steve, mm-hmm. so I'm going to translate that's, here.
0: That's why he's the glue guy.
1: I'm the glue guy. The lighting in a lot of these indoor facilities is, like, absurdly bright.
0: That's, that's what I
2: assumed. I just and wanted so to when clarify. You walk
1: out, <laughs> right. When you walk outside at night, the level of darkness is just earth shattering. Mm. Is that what you were saying, Steve?
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. So, it, it, it's just, my worst ever practice experience was in one of these indoor turf, ex, turf uh, facilities, and ever since, it's just been, uh, so no, no go for me.
1: I, as someone who went to a Division three school, the opportunity to have a turf facility like the ones these Big Ten schools have, right, is salivating because we were practicing in a basketball. Gym, yeah, I was right? about to
2: say And so, <laughs> that's, that's more right? common. Yeah. For that's the, more smaller common. schools.
1: And I think that for those of you who are doing the early morning indoor practices, as much of the big tennis, I think it is about embracing the weirdness of it. And so what I loved about those environments is how everything echoes. Okay. When you're throwing a bullpen in one of these airplane hangars, when you hit the mitt, when glove hits mitt, and you'll appreciate this Steve us 85 86 M mile per hour guys when when you get it right that shit pops like 102
0: that's fair right that's very fair
1: and maybe that's part of the problem here in the big 10 all these guys they, they don't have radar guns they're just listening to their velo and they think it's faster than it is
0: yeah I think I think the biggest problem is just the amount of conditioning I've done in those places because you're always there in the off season you're never there in the like during the season when it's nice out. So you you, you never get the happy memory.
1: It's like how I, and I'm sure many other people associate the taste of Captain Morgan with vomiting because of college. Sure. And like you associate an indoor baseball facility with having to sprint.
0: Yeah. Which it, it's mainly the smell of it because psychologically, you know, the, the scent is the thing in our brain that goes the fastest it connects us strongest to memories and it's anytime i smell burning rubber which you know me always burning rubber i think of these indoor turf facilities and i get a little gag i get a little <laughs> but this <clears throat> this
2: is the reality for these teams and i know that many of these programs over the first month or so, we'll travel to warmer weather places to play their games on the road and whatnot. But as far as, you know, fall ball and, you know, this transition into the start of the season, this is their reality. I mean, what is the warmest climate of any of these places? I, it might be Maryland, ironically, uh, <laughs> compared to what you described earlier. I really think here. it is. Right, Steve? Yeah. Cause like I if if we're uh, if we're looking at these thirteen programs, I mean it's you know it's Pennsylvania, it's Indiana, it's it's Ohio, it's it's I mean I think Maryland's probably getting the warmest around this time of year, which really kind of goes like, to show.
0: I, as someone from Maryland, I don't understand if everyone thinks this way, but Maryland gets really hot in the summer. Sure. No. Oh, well, in the summer we have no no doubt but, about that, right? But not until like June first. <laughs> yes. It's never. Never in the spring is it warm. It's like blisteringly cold. And then you wake up one morning and you got a blade nose cuz the heat changed so fast. But so the yeah.
1: they are the the furthest south. Yeah. Uh they are the fir- the school that is the furthest south, the University of Maryland, followed I believe by the University of Illinois is second, and then then it's like Purdue, Ohio State, Penn State, yeah. Ohio State, and then you move your Which- way up.
2: Yeah, well, so it's funny because, so, and, and to that point, though, like you say, Seattle was really cold. Well, listen, Minnesota's got everybody beat there, but we know they, and I believe they're like hosting the, the U.S. Bank tournament. There's a bunch of teams going up there to start the season, so that'll be really interesting. Okay, so we, we've sort of alluded to some of them. Let's actually name who, who we're talking about here and get into, you know, storylines, main characters, and whatever. So, 13 teams, two of them um, were in the postseason last year, just two. Uh, that was, uh, as we mentioned, the, the Terps, who had a historic season, um, but they did not win the tournament. That was Michigan. So Michigan got the automatic bid. But it was just those two teams as Rutgers, one of the most exciting teams last year, did not get in at large. Very disappointing. Behind them... We have Iowa, Illinois, Nebraska, Indiana, Ohio State, Purdue, Penn State, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Northwestern. Maryland coming in as the only team in the Big Ten ranked in the preseason top 25 at number 13. And as far as storylines that I'm looking forward to this year, I'll start with Maryland. Uh, I was living in, in D.C. last year. My, my younger brother goes to the University of Maryland, so I got to be around that program a lot last season. And what a year. I mean, what a year to end up hosting a, a regional at that park, which... Jake, I'm still not even sure if you've been there before, but it's Steve, I'm pretty sure you have uh, have been to the the, the Maryland uh, campus. And for anyone that doesn't know, I and mean, they've talked about it on on this this podcast feed before, this D, D1 Baseball podcast, like them hosting a regional, it is probably as far behind it's, as far as facilities as any, <laughs> any regional host, but they made it work. It was so cool. The campus showed out, but I'm just excited because... They have a lot of awesome players back and like being the one team that's ranked and, and for them to kind of uh, ascend as like the premier program in this conference is, is really cool because Maryland baseball, you know, as all of us, as we grew up in, in the area, it's Maryland baseball was not necessarily something that had our attention when we were younger um, at all. And now they are like a legitimate
0: powerhouse. I didn't even know it existed for a long time. <laughs> right, yeah. Steve? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I I would say I did grow up liking Maryland a lot because they would have baseball camps Mm -hmm. there. And uh, and they had a Panda, like, the field, you guys know where it is. But right across the street from the field, not even, like, 30 feet, there is a dining hall with a Panda Express. (laughs) It's got to be the closest Panda Express to college baseball field. (laughs) uh,
2: What a stat. What a stat.
0: In the conference, if not the Mm -hmm. nation. And, you know, that – As a fan, that plays for me. That's important. And And, as a kid, it played for you. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, Panda Express and baseball, it's a great combo. It's not often talked about because it's tough to pull off. It's hard to pull off in person. But Maryland is one of the facilities you can do it at with ease.
1: The mainstream media is refusing to talk about the relationship between Panda Express and baseball it seems here, Steve, the proximity between this stadium and the Panda Express puts the Express in Panda Express.
0: <laughs> it really does. It, it is the most expressive Panda. And I would say you put the Panda in Panda Express. I put the Panda Express into Steve in scene.
2: <laughs> Steve, w- was Panda Express a pre or post game uh, situation for you? Mid- or or so- mid game. <laughs>
0: Because so that. when i played for the bethesda big yes. Train, let me walk you through this is another field shirley povich field probably 0. 0.3 miles from the montgomery mall
2: oh we know it well we know bethesda it well steve America. now
0: you're speaking our language you take you leave the park where the bethesda big train play you take a left you take a right you take a left and then you take a lot of lefts and rights as you find a parking spot but <laughs> So I won't, I won't count through those, but you were there. It's and true. when I played for the big train, we would have baseball camp in the morning. Then we'd have a break, about an hour break, and then we had like our warm-ups, our pregame stuff. And we had another hour break. The amount of days where my day was, I woke up Ada McGriddle <laughs> in College Park, believe it or not. Ada McGriddle from College Park, traversed to Shirley Povich Field, ran a baseball camp with a bunch of kids who... Had no idea what I was talking about or where they were, probably. <laughs> That's fine. We had fun. Then Panda Express. And then <laughs> warm up with guys who play baseball and know where they are. And then Panda Express again. So, you yeah. Would it's, uh, you would two do multiple is? trips in a day? You 2
2: days Dude, wait. Also, yeah. like, I, we've been to Montgomery Mall a million times. There are other similar levels of options of Panda Express, and I like Panda Express too. But you, you double dipped multiple times?
0: Well, the problem was you guys follow baseball. I'm sure you know about superstitions, correct? Um, so the first time I did it, I struck out the side for two straight innings. Mm-hmm. I, it, it was incredible, and I was like,
2: well,
0: all right, I guess Back I to have to do chicken. that every day. Yep.
1: <laughs> America, and this guy was one of the – he was the closer for one of the premier programs in America. And for a summer, so his entire diet was a McGriddle and two trips, separate trips, to Panda Express. America really say, is the land of hope and dreams.
0: It, it is. And I will say it wasn't always two times a day. It was always at least once. But sometimes during our games, <laughs> like when we didn't feel like going to the mall and back, me and a few other pitchers would we had a hole in our bullpen fence so you could easily access the parking lot. So we would doordash Moe's in around the fifth or sixth inning, and then... wait, uh, I would either pitch our one. Wait,
2: or... wait, wait, Steve, was this the first summer with, with the big train or the second summer? or both? Second. Second summer, which is a key detail because yeah. that was the summer when um, Steve <laughs> had a zero ERA. <laughs> so there were no, there were
0: no rules. No stuff. rules and no earned every, runs.
1: This man was getting everyone out and fucking door dashing Moe's to the bullpen.
0: And I was playing with guys from Maryland, so it all ties. Oh, okay, back.
2: thank you for bringing us back, professional podcaster oh. Maryland Terrapins. I'm excited about this team; they're going to be great. <laughs> um, but they are not the only team uh, in this in this conference. And and you mentioned Jake. You know, again, UCLA and, and, and USC coming in. But until we until those teams somehow show up in this in this region, uh, what are the other things you're looking forward to in this uh, in this conference? I'm thinking a lot about Rutgers, uh, a non-traditional power
1: in in baseball. And a lot of that is just because of how much baseball there is in New Jersey. It is kind of an untapped uh, market in a way where, you know, Jordan and I cover Division three baseball for fun as well. And there are so many Division three teams in New Jersey. And let me just double check here. I don't want to get my numbers incorrect, but – The number of D, there are eight eight D1 teams in New Jersey. Okay. Oh, boy. Eight. I'll just, Farley, Dickinson, Monmouth, NJIT, Princeton, Ryder, Ryder, Rutgers, Seton Hall, and St. Peters. Mm -hmm. And like only one of those is in a power five, Mm -hmm. and that's Rutgers. Mm -hmm. Princeton is kind of its own thing Mm -hmm. because it's the Ivy League, right? So Rutgers should have a huge stranglehold on this state to recruit from. And what we've seen over the last couple, like, tons of years is kids leaving the state, the best players leaving the state to go play elsewhere. And I think what Rutgers can do moving forward and what they've done and how this team has improved is just keep a lot of those best players in New Jersey in state. New Jersey has the highest population density of any state in America, right? Yeah. It is the most urban state in the country. And that is helpful for baseball because that means facilities. And that means like, you know,
2: teams to play in, in competition, which and to that point, you mentioned the D3 stuff. Also, junior college. There's a ton of junior college baseball in New Jersey as well. There's more than enough people um, to play. And actually, this is relevant to one of my main characters for the season, which we'll, we'll save that. But, but, no, it's a great point. And, and obviously, they are certainly a team who, who you know, had an amazing season last year and we thought they were going to get in at large. And I, I, w- I would imagine had Maryland won the tournament, Rutgers maybe would have had a better chance as the second Big Ten team. But with Michigan winning Maryland was going to get in over them and that that maybe screwed them but I mean it doesn't make it they still should have been in so Steve you got Rockers thoughts
0: yeah I just think there's so much untapped talent in the state of New Jersey baseball wise it never made sense to me just because when you think of New Jersey you don't think of baseball necessarily and every every school we played against in the ACC there was at least one guy from New Jersey who was just dominating everybody yeah, else. That's a great like yeah. I remember we played Duke, Joey Loper Fido. I think he hit 3 home runs against us and I was like who is this kid where's he from? New Jersey. Yep. Like it it's just all random, but you look at any college baseball roster of any decent team there's going to be like one kid from New Jersey and you're going to be like Okay, that's kind of random, but all right, there he is. So I, I just think if Rutgers had a better just grip, got all those guys to stay in state, it would be a disgusting team.
1: So just by a rough count, they got 30 guys on their roster from New Jersey, right? And that's just going to be really important for them moving forward is to recruit that state, their own state as best they can.
2: Yeah, well, it seems like they're, they're trending uh, in that direction. Uh, Any other things or should we take a a quick break and return with our main characters? I think we should. Well, I think Michigan just, we should bring
1: up quickly Mm -hmm. uh, that program was at the top of this conference for a while. Thanks to Eric Backich, who has since moved on to Clemson and no shade to the man replacing him, Tracy Smith, who we'll talk about, but it is understandable that that for that program to maybe take a half step back when you lose such a big coach who defined and revitalized and just made that program what it was year one in a new world might be a little tough for them. And then the last thing I want to bring up Jordan is if you have the document up Jordan, uh, what stands out to you under the list of non-regional teams? There's a note here that I added. Um, uh, Actually let's have Steve read it. Steve, do you <laughs> see this note I have here on the sheet?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I believe it's the- If I'm reading the correct one, kid with 40 cousins.
2: What What does that mean? This doesn't even look like a real sentence. What does that mean, Jake Mintz? So to prepare for this show, you know, I I deep dive on on
1: all these teams' Twitter accounts. And the Michigan State Spartans baseball Twitter account has done like a meet the Spartans where kids say three facts about themselves. And there is a kid on the team named Joseph Zierwa, D-Z-I-E-R-W-A. Okay, and one of his things is you'd be surprised to know. And he answered, I have over 40 cousins. Mm. So
2: this is only
1: interesting if it's first cousins, in my opinion. (laughs) Well, 100 (laughs) percent agree. We all have over 40 extended cousins. (laughs) But if this guy has over 40 first cousins, which is how I'm choosing to read it. Yes. I am fascinated in that for a couple of reasons, because he does not give an exact number. It could be over
2: 50 cousins. Yeah.
1: Does he know all of them, like, by name? Joseph Giroir, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show to do, like, the Antonio Cromartie style <laughs> list all your cousins. Okay? Um, I just love that, like, what does this tell you? This tells me that this dude's, I guess, grandparents
2: mm-hmm. were, were doing it right. Well, yeah, it's just his parents have uh, ten siblings. Like it's not that complicated. But it's more like um I mean the Kamardi reference is both hilarious and not fair because I mean, if you have forty plus cousins, it probably is hard to name them. I struggle I I can only think of like but but that's that's the difference. I mean, some of us we spent see our first cousins all the time and we can see them all the time. I wouldn't blame them if you can't name all of them, but I agree. Issue the challenge. Joseph, come on the show, name all your cousins. (laughs) Um, storyline to watch surely for the 2023 season all right (laughs) we're gonna take uh, a quick break and we will be back with our main characters and superlatives
0: and we're back how's everybody doing good we're back that's good. I've I've never been the we're back guy, so now you are I, welcome. I'm sorry, this is my first time. <laughs> um, but yeah, now wh- what do you guys want to get into now? You want to go over the main characters and plot points of this uh, program? Let's
2: do it. Let's this program known as the the Big Ten Big Thirteen Conference. Uh, main characters again, as we've alluded to in our previous uh, couple conference previews. Um, The beauty of college baseball is you don't have to tune in every single week to know what the hell's going on, but generally you should have an idea of who the main characters are, who are the players and people that we'll be talking about the most in the Big Ten this season. In our opinion, certainly some other characters can pop up and come up out of nowhere that we're not prepared for, but there are some that we are especially excited for. Uh, Where would you guys like to begin? Because we definitely have some fun ones on this list. Stevie Baseball, give it to me.
0: Uh, you guys heard of Jason Savacool? I
2: have. Tell me, he's sounds hey! pretty Savacool yeah, to me. He's, a,
0: he's from Maryland. It's Jason Savacool. I got a, I got a two nine three ERA. Right. Dees in a hundred and one hundred. That's a lot of innings. What, what, what do you know about that? <laughs> what do you know about that, Steve? Well, you tell me. Every hitter comes up. He says, "Hey, get out of here. Get out of here." okay you know what else yeah i know yeah, he's just really good <laughs> oh he's okay he's a fun guy to watch play baseball and when you say his just say his name it's that's fun. true it gets stuck in your head that's true you hear his name one time on broadcast you're going seven cool cool, all that
2: that's true yeah. i agree with that i have not been able to get this kid's name out of my head since he got to campus at maryland and i agree he's one of the best pitchers in the conference I've heard good things about this guy. Like he's apparently in the, in the um, very cerebral. Uh, you know, we're reading books in between outings. We're reading. You know, we're we're really diving in. One of the one of the smarter lads in all of the Big Ten. And as you said, he gets outs. He gets outs. We like getting outs, yeah, right? That's cool, Steve. You're you're into that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm into both those mm-hmm. things. I I would read where the wild <laughs> things are between every outing. Believe it or Steve, not,
2: Steve. Yeah. Uh, Steve was was just um, crushing the very hungry caterpillar uh, between between his Bethesda <laughs> big train uh, scoreless outings. Uh,
0: Sometimes after bad outings, I would I would read uh, the given Tree
2: <laughs> to really to kind of reset and, uh, and humble yourself. And
0: just wail it out.
2: <laughs> um, Jake, give us a main character. Chris Brito, mm,
1: great pick. Who is a first base men masher type. Uh, I believe he is listed as an infielder and maybe he could play some third base, but this is a big boy with a big swing, a fifth year senior at Rutgers. Who's from New Jersey last year, he hit 16 home runs for the Knights and then went to the Cape and played for born and won the championship on the Cape with a nine Oh three OPS. Now that's p- sounds pretty good. But if you know anything about the Cape, a nine Oh three OPS is like, you know nine hundred and thousand and three it is like two thousand ops right steve
0: yeah the cape is uh it's hard to be good on the cape because you got especially as a hitter you got wood bats against the best pitchers in the nation yeah it, it it's just not baseball is already in the odds of the pitcher but yeah adding the wood bat just kind of Really sets the scale that way.
1: So this guy went out and, and crushed it in the Cape, won the championship, was a key part of that Born Braves team. Uh, and two th- more things about Chris Brito, all right? One is that he is active on Twitter, which I like. He's doing some retweets. He's, he's not super active, but he's on there. Uh, and his header photo is oriented incorrectly, where... It is sideways so if you look at it it looks like he's lying down and it's a very silly look on his Twitter and I would just say, Chris, if you're listening, please give that a
2: look. Or, I'm also now real or it's like that for a reason you don't understand. Um,
0: <laughs> but what if he looked at the picture and was like, you know what? I'd probably look better in this picture if I were lying down but there's Didn't no explanation take it.
1: I also like that in his main photo on Twitter, he's playing third base, Mm. which he played 15 games of last year as opposed to 39 at first. So live your dreams. No, that's good, though.
2: That's good, though, because you're presenting yourself as a third baseman. um, Correct. We appreciate
1: Now, the last thing about Chris that I like uh, is something that he and I have in common. No. All right. Me, Chris Brito, Rob Manfred, Aaron Judge, Mm. Michael Strahan. I know where this is going. Mac DeMarco. (laughs) SpongeBob
2: SquarePants. What do we all have in common, Steve? I don't know if we've talked to Steve about this, but he'll.
0: There are so many different people named that I can't even process. I I think you just lay it on me. Gap Tooth Gang, baby. All right. (laughs) These these front
1: chompers. there's There's a passageway here. All right. There's room to maneuver in between these teeth. And Chris Brito is a part of that gang. Okay. And Am so I? he and I are in the same group chat. Chris, if you're listening, don't get them fixed.
2: Okay. Be proud. Be proud of those chompers, baby. Let's go. Chris Brito has got, we we really dug in there. He <laughs> he he he, yeah, he we got Chris Brito's be like, wow, I feel seen, I would imagine would be his
0: takeaway from that yeah, discussion. He should be seen. What did you say, Steve? He should be. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's the point. You know? And heard on, on he this mind, podcast. If I, if I hop on real quick and talk about one of his born brave Please, teammates, Please, go ahead. Uh, Evan Slight. Yes. Who is at Rutgers. He's an outfielder. But anytime you tune into a Rutgers game, I played with him at Virginia. He's always running around making some sort of play. But, and And he's got a really pretty lefty swing, so. He's a fun guy to watch, too. Good
2: pick, good pick. I'm going to go back to the burrito uh, category uh, of the category of of big boys make noise and talk about Matthew Ellis at Indiana, who has earned the nickname Big Country, which, you know, normally I'd say, all right, how big, how country are you, right? (laughs) But when I look at Matthew Ellis from Wadi, Kentucky— and I see this man okay. who last year, from what I can tell, has set the stat cast record in college baseball, which obviously is an even shorter uh, you know, TrackMan record. You know, has only been in D1 for so many years. 118 mile an hour exit of Velo Homer uh, last March. He's back for his senior year. He's got crazy pop, 18 bombs last year. And uh, yeah, I would just maybe not, not throw him a a a hittable fastball you will be torched in a in a dangerous way or do and make sure that it's at a stadium where there's a track man unit and make sure there's someone in the stands that is filming it so that we can all see and enjoy it that's big country Matthew Ellis at Indiana I'm excited about him
1: Jordan why don't you run through a couple more here
2: yeah so I mean the best players in the conference Matt Shaw shortstop Maryland Ryan Lasko uh, Jersey boy at Rutgers and Mitch Jeb at Michigan State. I think he could be one of the higher drafted Michigan State Spartans ever. Brody Brecht, who also plays football, throws 100 miles an hour. George Classen might be this year's Ben Joyce. He was up to 102 over the summer. For Minnesota and the Gophers. But just back to the theme of what we were talking about earlier, Jake, is, is keeping our Jersey boys in state. Maximus Martin, who was one of the best players high school in New Jersey, coming in as one of the top freshmen at Rutgers. Have to imagine he had all kinds of offers all over the place. But a guy named Maximus Martin, as you mentioned, Jason Savickle, you're going to remember that name. And I love this one because following his senior spring, You would see lists where he was listed as Max Martin, and then you would see Maximus Martin. And it's clear that when he arrived on campus, he said, listen, I am Maximus. You will remember me and acknowledge me as such. (laughs) And I am excited to see how much he plays this freshman year. He had two things to
1: do on signing day. He did pick the hat. (laughs) of where he was going to go, and then choose
2: Max or Maximus, and he made two correct decisions, it seems. Well said. So, yes, that could be a a nice addition um, for for Rutgers. And, and again, like you said, just cool to keep some some big talent in state. All right, let's move to our superlatives, which we've been doing. Again, we are assigning some some yearbook superlatives. Uh, Jake, we begin with best slogan. Um, Have you done some research, as you did for the Big 12?
1: Yeah, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't get through all of them, but these are fine. Like, A lot of these are just the same as the other schools. Right. So Penn State is we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Northwestern
2: is go cats. Did you find any uh, baseball specific ones? This was the, These were the things we were focusing on with the last discussion. Indiana
1: is hashtag IU base. IU base. Mm-hmm. Which is terrible. <laughs> Um, Maryland is hashtag dirty Terps, which is great. Mm-hmm. We like that. That's definitely baseball specific. Uh, Rutgers is, is baseball specific, which is TCD, which I think stands for uh, toughness, competitiveness, determination, mm. or something like that, which is – Okay. I don't know about you, Steve. Does that read as a little cheesy to you? It's not. It's not my style. No, Sorry. Cup of tea. Toughness,
0: commitment. Mm development oh okay so what are you more into that Steve I like development don't get me wrong I'm just not huge on acronyms mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: especially mm. when it's not obvious and you made it up
0: right like <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, like, like the funny ones mm-hmm. like the funny ones and like after you read it you go ah that makes sense
1: Steve's like. favorite acronym is NCAA. Uh, but then the other mm-hmm. the other ones that I like uh, in this conference, I like. Uh, we'll get to this when we get to the non Power Five. But there are schools where it's just the name of the coach and then era Ooh. is something you see a lot. And so Nebraska's <laughs> is hashtag Bolt Era because their coach is Will Bolt who played there and now he's back uh. and he's coaching hashtag
2: Bolt Era, mm. which I like that. I like making They're, it better.
0: They got bailed out by a coach with a cool name. Well, well let's, we, yeah.
2: let's use that as a transition to our next superlative. Well, oh, yeah. You have, a, you have another one? Yeah. Purdue's is very weird. It is simply long live spring. Long live spring. Again, um, to me, it should be we're – we're clearly not in spring yet in West Lafayette, Indiana. So, But I do like hmm. that because that sort of implies, A, we would like to be playing for as long as possible. <laughs> which Correct. i like that concept but it kind of yeah. feels like a nicholas sparks novel <laughs> that's um, also true also true what a reference holy yeah, shit. yeah nicely done see he is well read imagine that um, yeah let's i know something you, you do you do let's move on to the next one which is which coach would you like to play for much more relevant for you two as you actually played for real college baseball coaches um, you know, a couple, Steve couple played for like eight of them. <laughs> yeah, Steve's played for all. Mm-hmm. It's a long Got list. A lot. Uh, so, uh, does anyone uh, stand out? One stands out for me, for you, Jake. But is there anyone stand out to you, Steve? Is, is any of these coaches um, that that, that kind of strike your fancy?
0: Uh, Steve Owens from Rockers. Um, a lot of my, uh, well, not a lot, just one of my coaches from UVA is currently at Rockers, mm-hmm. Michael Garza, he's a fun guy. I really like him. So. By default, I said Steve Owens because you got to play for him to play for the other guy. You know? <laughs> well, and and your teammate Evan Slight,
2: right? Who, former. So yeah. you got some yeah, some hoops up. At, and
0: Jason Hoops, I think he's still. Like, yes, love Jason Hoops. Uh,
1: Jason Hoops, <laughs> Jason Hoops. Here's like, ready for this. Uh-huh. Yeah, in the championship game of the New Jersey high school championship, I believe in twenty nineteen or uh, twenty nineteen. It was Jack Leiter against Jason Hoops, Mm. Jack Leiter and Anthony Volpe against Jason Hoops. And that entire game is online and I've watched it start to finish And hoops, hoops stuck in there against Leiter.
0: Yeah, no, he he's he's got a huge chip on his shoulder. I love that kid.
2: Uh, Jake, have you figured out which Big Ten uh, coach I think is probably the one that you would pick? Is there a guy named like uh, Chaim Rosenblum or something? Or
1: no, it's, with gap tooth?
2: it's, it's Jake boss at Michigan state. What? <laughs> the Michigan state head coach, Jake boss, Jr. I should say. Um, but Jake's boss, Jake boss, <laughs> I think is an absolute layup. Um, I know Michigan state, you know, not, not a great season in 2022, but you know, as I mentioned, Mitch Jeb super excited about him. I, I think this team can be a little bit better this year and, Jake Boss Junior. <laughs> I mean, I I don't. What do you think about this name? That. Huh. Jake's boss. But I, do you don't consider your coach a boss? But still, it you know, it seems like the easy pick. Your coach is not your boss.
1: <laughs> you know? He's your yeah, baseball that, boss. That
0: kind of feels like if uh, Jake were a minion. <laughs> I feel like Jake boss would be right on brand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and is he Jake final boss? <laughs> Jake, well, he's Jake boss jr. It's like Bowser jr. That's the thing. I, I need to know more mm-hmm. about Jake boss senior to really d- determine uh, who is the, the final Jake boss. Um, but um, anyway, <laughs> had to mention that one. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of, I know we already talked about records, but most unfinished business, this is a concept we we talk about a lot on the show. It has to be records. But also, as we mentioned, they didn't, they were not allowed to start their business, and that was not their fault. They kind of completed the, the what appeared to be the prerequisites and thus were still not allowed into the class known as regionals. And that was bullshit, and we have to imagine that everyone coming in this year uh, feels like, uh, hey, we should have been the postseason, and so we would like to finish the business that we clearly started last year. Would you agree, Steve?
0: I agree. Like, sure, they didn't form their LLC, but they started selling. You know, and did did they get did they get canned by the man in the end? Yeah, they did. Yeah. But they still sold those discs. <laughs> yeah, they still did what they could. You guys, whatever product it is,
2: you guys are right. They should have gotten in over Ole Miss. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, right? Then they would have won it all. Exactly. That's right. what if you're Rutgers, that's the logic you Through gotta the be working with. Proper. If I'm Rutgers, I'm pissed as shit. I'm like, <laughs> we should have gotten in over them. We would have won. That is funny to think about, though, like as Ole Miss is like storming along in the postseason and Rutgers is like, well, well I mean, I, bro, yeah, we definitely should have been in over those guys. Uh, that is yeah, very funny.
0: Yeah. To think about. We could have done that. That's a, that's
1: that is kind of it, it's a double edged sword, right? Because it's like, oh, man, we deserve to be in. This could have been any of us. But it's also like, oh, well, they did win the whole thing and we were probably not going to do that. So I guess they deserve to be in the tournament. Jordan, who is the uh, eldest boy, the oldest
2: boy mm-hmm. brought to you, not actually by AARP in yep. this conference. we got some old people in college baseball, and I am keeping an eye on Matt Woods, a 23, uh, soon-to-be 24-year-old transfer from Bryant Bulldogs coming down to play outfield um for the, for the Dirty Terps, as you mentioned, uh, that, is, that is an old boy. And I think he is going to be very, very good uh, for Maryland this year, replacing some of the offense they, they lost uh, last year. So that, he is the you, oldest boy,
1: from what I can tell. If you, if you cut him open, 23 rings in there. Um, Stevie, baby. Stevie, baby. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell me about the culture shock factor here? The transfer from a yeah, most
0: different school into the Big Ten. I'm kind of caught up between two. They're the exact same topic, and, you know, depending on how their success goes, it's going to really show how how well other institutions are going to assimilate into the Big Ten. And that's Zach Volkner, who goes to Iowa now. He transferred there from Long Beach State University, which I don't know if you guys know this about Long Beach State University, but it's nice where – where it is, mm-hmm. it's it's warm. It is. Um, I've never. No, I have been to Iowa. <laughs> Iowa's was cold. I think. Um, so that's one. But Cody Jeffries is the bigger culture shock. He's going from San Diego, all the way to Michigan. I know for a fact Michigan's cold. I disagree and with you. I know you. for a fact. Really? I think Michigan is cold. Are, yeah, and the sun's cold too. Everyone, sure. That's not what I'm disagreeing on. Okay. I believe that the
1: transition from Long Beach to Iowa City is a way bigger whiplash than going from San Diego to Ann Arbor. Mm. Ann Arbor is like a a place with shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, good point. Okay. Good point.
1: Iowa City is all temperature. Yeah. It's not just temperature. Not everything's about being cold, Steve.
0: Yeah, but as a I, man it, who now refuses to be cold, it is. It,
2: okay. That's true. Well, Also, I would just say was, he's still thinking about what we were talking about earlier this year, right? Uh, earlier in this pod, just about that kind of adjustment. But it's true. I agree with you. Culturally, probably a little bit more uh, stark. Uh, Jake, can you finish us off with the best major that you found while searching uh, the Big Ten rosters? And then we will say goodbye. Yeah, I want to shout out Purdue. Purdue has two guys with majors
1: that absolutely fucking rule. Let's hear okay. it. We got Parker Dean. Mm-hmm. Okay, Parker Dean is a freshman from Rushville, Indiana, and he's already has decided on
2: his major. Love that. What's he majoring in? Professional flight technology. <laughs> okay. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now. Tell, talk to me about why that's different from aerospace engineering. You want me to tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you tell me. <laughs> I cannot
1: do that. Uh, and then the other thing I like about Parker Dean is that, you know, when they, on these player pages, they have, like, the roster photo and then the photos above it? Yes. So because he's a freshman, there aren't any photos of him pitching. But there is a photo of him and a bunch of other guys with suits on, and he's wearing a Louis V belt. Which is an amazing oh. thing like to be they just doing, like, and
2: just like snagged a picture from his Instagram and put it on the.
1: Cu- no, there's like a boiler up, oh, like okay. backdrop to it, okay. but it does seem like just like a pretty casual photo. But he is wearing a Louis V belt in it, which is pretty unperdue, if yeah. you ask me. Drip or drown.
2: Oh, he does <laughs> look know. good. I see what you I see what you're saying here.
1: Yeah, but professional flight technology, and it. I'm just reassured that that someone's studying that.
2: Someone's <laughs> a professional flight tech. That dude. Like, this shit will keep you in the air. Here's what I'll say. I hope he is going to class because I do not want any people majoring in this to have missed anything important during <laughs> during their education. This is very high stakes, very important. But I love. I've I've never seen those three words next to each other. Professional flight technology. I don't know if that sounds cooler or less or more impressive than aerospace engineering, but I, I love it. I, I think that's great. It's much more on the nose. Yeah. It's very matter of fact. Yeah. Now
1: the other Purdue major I want to talk about is much more nebulous. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that is a gentleman named Carter Krawchuk okay. who is, uh, majoring in exploratory
2: studies. Mm. Mm. That that not that undecided? <laughs> That says, that means to me, that is, you are, you've not figured out what you're doing yet. Um, I just love it. I love how many different, it's, I think it's, it's great because it's, it's a great reminder that like Jake, so like we went to smaller schools and like, you know, liberal arts colleges, they, they like to, to flex all these, all the, li, the liberal arts and all the, combining these majors and all these, but the reality is there's just not enough people to have that many majors, but at these bigger schools they're just coming up with all kinds of crazy slightly different variations of each other's majors and there's enough people to have them and i i i love this this is this is my favorite category of superlative that we're doing steve final thoughts about exploratory studies or professional flight technology before we say goodbye
0: well i like professional flight technology just because it's it really deviates from unprofessional flight technology <laughs> which is for things like cars and boats, things oh. that you just really want to make sure aren't taken off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> no, I see it as like I don't want someone to be an amateur flight technology expert, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I I've been thinking about the Bone I've I've known about the Boeing seven thirty seven since before it blew up, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I studied amateur flight technology, so yeah when he was in small hangers he was in small hangers i was there yeah
2: it's I, but that's the thing it's it's kind of um suggesting a, a different levels of, of flight different levels of technology um, all of which parker dean will be learning about uh, He's probably right now you know the second semester i'm sure he's really starting to kind of understand how professional we're talking uh, parker, parker dean if you're listening yeah. come on the show and explain what the fuck you're
1: learning, okay? I would love to know what classes you're taking. Parker Dean, welcome. Please come on the
2: show. Do we want him on before or after uh, the Michigan State kid names all of his cousins? Uh, I mean, por no los dos. Everyone come on together, all right? (laughs) All right. Well, uh, (laughs) on that note, Steve, close us out for this Big Ten preview.
0: Yeah, so the Big Ten, I I feel like we've missed a big spot, and failing to mention it's one of the – One of the big four that the ACC is not part of that also features gymnastics. Mm. Did you know most colleges don't have gymnastics? I didn't know about that. But I learned about that while researching for this episode. So I I don't know if that will play a role this season or not, but I wanted to make sure to mention it before anything happened. remember, key takeaway, Maryland hosted last year. Was it because there's a Panda Express next to the stadium? Probably probably but i can't say for certainty so just remember keep an eye out for that if you're looking for a projected map of regionals just look where's panda express close to the field there you go there's your answer but i hope you had a great time i had fun jake and jordan are still here they haven't hung up on the zoom so i think that means that they had fun and i hope you did too